It is Saturday, May 25th, and this is The Rayleigh. Really. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time to take a look back at yesterday's thrilling victory for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. They check into today, game two of a four-game set against the Syracuse Mets, in first place in the IL North Division for the first time this season. But yesterday, it took a little doing to get them there. Syracuse struck first. Gregor Blanco with a solo home run to begin the bottom of the first inning, his fourth of the year, and it was one nothing. But the Rail Riders got their home run right back in the top of the second inning. A couple of groundouts began things against Chris Mazza, who had been just recently called up from Double-A Binghamton, and the batter was Ryan McBroom. Swing and a line drive left field. This is hit well. Tebow hustles back. He turns around. He looks up, and it's gone. Ryan McBroom had the displeasure of watching as Gregor Blanco's homer headed out over the right field wall. McBroom circles the bases as he ties it up here in the top of the second. That breaks a tie with Mike Ford for the team lead in home runs, number nine of the year for McBroom. We will hear a bit more from McBroom in just a moment. But for Syracuse, they were the ones that grabbed a lead and then extended it. It was tied at one going into the bottom of the fourth inning with Daniel Camarena on the mound. Chance Adams was the expected starting pitcher yesterday for the Rail Riders, but he was scratched from his start with the anticipation that he will factor into today's doubleheader with the New York Yankees being played out in Kansas City. So Adams didn't pitch yesterday. Camarena did. It was regular rest for him, but he gave up a leadoff double in the fourth inning. And that run, Dilson Herrera eventually came around to score on a sack fly. So it was 2-1 Syracuse. They added a run in the fifth inning on an RBI double by Danny Espinosa, who played in spring training a year ago for the Yankees. And then in the sixth inning, an RBI single by Gregor Blanco, who drove in his second run of the night. So the lead had steadily grown for Syracuse, and they made it 4-1 through six innings. It was 4-1 through seven innings, and the Rail Riders, going into last night, had been 0-18 when trailing after seven innings. And this wasn't a one-run game. It was a three-run deficit. And through the first seven innings, the starter, Chris Mazza, allowed three hits and one walk. Four base runners and just the one run allowed. He exited in line for the victory. Syracuse turned it over to their bullpen. And P.J. Conlon took over. I guess that's a loose term. The leadoff man in the eighth inning for Conlon was Ryan McBroom. McBroom's an unblemished two-for-two two tonight. He has the one big swing, the home run to left field. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive the other way. This one hit to right field. Lee heads back. It's onto the party deck and gone for McBroom. The Rail Riders have two runs tonight. They've been solo home runs from Ryan McBroom, one to each field. And now it's a two-run game in the top of the eighth. Entering yesterday, McBroom had 84 homers in 617 career games. He had never had a multi-homer game until last night. And at that moment, the Rail Riders had two runs on four hits, and McBroom had three of the four, including the two home runs we've heard. So the inning continues. Goes Kekato, flies out. Billy Burns at the bottom of the lineup singles. Turns it over to the top of the order, and Trey Ambergy singles. And then Mike Ford walks. So the bases are loaded. The Rail Riders trail 4-2. Mike Ford is lifted for pinch runner Tyler Wade, but Syracuse again dips into its bullpen. 
They pull out right-hander Joe Zangi, and after he completed his warm-up tosses, the very first man he faced was Bravik Valera. There's one out, the bases are loaded. Nobody's being held on. The pitch to Valera, swing and a fly ball, right field to the party deck. It's gone! A go-ahead grand slam for Bravik Valera. And the Rail Riders have thundered ahead here in the top of the eighth. How about that? Ten games, five homer, and a signature moment for Valera here tonight. It sure has been some run for Valera since being claimed off of waivers by the New York Yankees from the San Francisco Giants. Game 10 with Scranton Wilkesbury and Bravik Valera has five homers and 13 runs driven in. His capstone performance, the Grand Slam last night. That gave Scranton Wilkesbury a 6 4 lead, and Syracuse, they would challenge late. They added a run in the eighth inning and even got the tying run to third base before Joe Harvey came in and got a flyout to end the threat. In the bottom of the ninth inning, 6 5 still. Dilson Herrera, Braxton Lee, David Thompson. They each struck out swinging. Harvey blew him away, got the side in order, and picked up his third save of the season in the process. Harvey readies the pitch. It's a swing and a pop fly foul back. And now there are two strikes. Two and two coming up from Harvey. He's in the mid-20s in his pitch count. Kelkosho loosens down in the bullpen for Scranton Wilkesbury. They don't want to cross that bridge. Joe Harvey wants to end it right here. 6-5 lead for Scranton Wilkesbury. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three through a slider. Scranton Wilkesbury polishes off Syracuse to begin a four-game set. A go-ahead grand slam from Bravik Valera helps Scranton Wilkesbury come all the way back in the top of the eighth. And they hang on for dear life with Harvey setting the final tone. It was a game that took three hours, four minutes to complete before 6,310 fans at NBT Bank Stadium. The Rail Riders improved to 24-19 and 19 on the season. That matches their season-high watermark five games above 500. And they are in sole possession of first place in the IL North Division. They're a half game ahead of Lehigh Valley, and they're now a game and a half ahead of the Syracuse Mets. Before yesterday's game, we got to meet with a guy that we haven't talked to yet this season. We're still running through new faces, new names, and this is a guy that was on the opening day roster that we hadn't had on the pregame show until yesterday. Left-hander Danny Coulomb, his first year in the Yankees organization, a guy with some big league time, and a guy with a meandering road to the big leagues. Among other things, he talked about his affiliation with his alma mater, Texas Tech, talked about that welcome to the big leagues moment, and talked about the injury that kept him out for a couple of weeks earlier this year. But first, we asked Danny about his thoughts on the Yankees organization one month in. You know, it's great. Um, I saw it in spring training first. It's just a first-class organization. I mean, they just treat you well. You feel like they care about you. And, you know, it's been, it's been good. Like I said, it's been up and down. You know, it's my first time on the injured list uh, in my whole career. So it was definitely something uh, I had to deal with. But, you know, I'm glad to be back. 
And what was the injury for our listeners? Kind of take us through what happened with that. Yeah, so um, something was pulling in the back of my shoulder. And, uh, you know, I hadn't had that before. So it's something that you never know if you're compensating for something that was going on in the front of your shoulder. But it ended up just being some bursitis. Uh, So it's something that I got a cortisone shot and uh, cleared it up and I'm good to go. Andy Coulomb, our guest here on the pregame show. So we're talking about this year. Let's yeah. take you back. You were drafted originally out of high school by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. You passed on that opportunity, then you went into college. You spent three years in college at three different places to begin things. So what was the decision for you to pass up on the Dodgers originally and go to USC? Well, you know, my family really values education. So un- unless it was life-changing money, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to sign out of, out of high school. And, uh, you know, I got a pretty good offer, but... I mean, I'm, I'm 5'10", I'm not 6'5", you know, so sometimes you're not going to get as much. Uh, I had great numbers in high school. I was an all-state player, but, uh, you know, I ultimately just decided to go to college. And, uh, you know, USC was great. I really liked the school and everything, but I, I was hurt there, actually. So I, had, I was actually having some shoulder injuries, and I, I only threw 50 innings in four years of college. So that's, a, I mean, if you do the math, that's like 12 innings a year. So I was never healthy. It was the craziest thing. So I went to South Mountain, threw two-thirds of an inning, blew up my lat, and then went to uh, Texas Tech and Tommy John and then had some complications from Tommy John my last year there. But it was a crazy experience, and honestly, I thought I was going to uh, retire um, after Texas Tech. I, I even told him I was, I'd come back and finish school, and I don't need a scholarship or anything. I just wanted to come back and finish school and maybe try to walk on the team in the spring. And the Dodgers drafted me, and I was like, this is the last chance I'm really going to have to play pro ball, so might as well try it out. 25th round pick who ended up making the big leagues. Yeah. When you were drafted, thinking about retirement before that, could you ever have thought that you would have been a big leaguer? Absolutely not. I always tell this story. So the first day in pro ball, you know, definitely in the lower levels, there's always guys that throw really, really hard. So the first guy that started, he ended up pitching the big leagues for a long time, but he was 95 to 98 as a right-handed pitcher. And like, he was our starter. And my when I was drafted, I was throwing 83-85. I, I remember just being like, I don't think I'm cut out for pro ball. And I remember I threw my first bullpen, didn't throw a strike. And our pitching coach was like, hey, man, can't go anywhere but up. And I went out there and punched out the side in my first inning there, and I got moved up. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. But my velocity started to kind of eventually climb, and by the time I was done there, I was about 90, 92. And so I was like, maybe I could do this. Did you have a welcome to the big league moment? I mean, obviously, as we described, you've overcome a lot, and a lot of things didn't put you on a pedestal to be that bona fide, destined to be a big leaguer guy. What was that first go-around in the big leagues like? It was special. I remember the day I got called up. So I actually got called up on September 18th, which was kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. So it was after our playoffs, and I pitched really, really well in Double A. And I never, I went from high to the big leagues that year. And I remember uh, the first game I was up for, one of the historically worst starts in the history of baseball from our starting pitcher. So we were down like 11 nothing in the second inning. So I was like, I know, I'm pitching today, <laughs> you know. So like, oh, obviously you're hard. I remember, I remember I warmed up. It was in Coors Field, and I ran out of the pen. I'm like, I'm really doing this right now. Like I'm doing this. That was what I was thinking about. I'm doing this. Don't trip, don't trip. So I, I mean, I got out there and uh, I got a one-two-three inning. And I mean, I think the thing for me that was the best was I faced a guy that was in Triple A and Double A that year. So I had faced him. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, same guy. Let's you know. And I ended up striking him out. And I remember just being like, okay, maybe I can do this. And um, kind of how it went. All right, so we talked about your college days and just from our conversations off air before. You went to USC, but you're a Texas Tech guy now, through and through, to the point where when they made the championship game for men's basketball, you were talking to me about their other small sports that most people wouldn't even follow. How how did that school spirit really build where you're not just a football basketball guy, but you're following every single team that they have? Well, you know, my wife's a big Tech fan. You know, her dad is. 
And actually, you know, I, I just, I really enjoyed my time in Lubbock. It was really fun to see a whole town come out to every game. And, you know, when I was at USC, we'd get 200, 300 people a game. I got to Lubbock, there were 7,000, 8,000 people a game, and you really cared. Like, it felt like a real, like, atmosphere. And I, I just thought it was really fun to support your team. And I really enjoyed my time there and made some great friends. And obviously met my wife. And it's just fun to see that the school do well. And they're doing well in everything but football right now. But we got a new coach, so we'll see what happens. You know, our ex-coach, now he's the head of the Arizona Cardinals, head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Kind of crazy how that happened. And I'm a Cardinals fan, so I was like, wow. So it's just kind of full circle. But no, it's it's been great. Yeah. All right, so you gave us the Cliff Kingsbury breakdown. Yeah. And uh, it's a month removed, so I'm going to leave with this. And I don't think, I think you've had some time to yeah. simmer on it. But what was your takeaway from that men's basketball run which felt just a little short of a yeah. national title it was really fun to see that team perform especially because they were they were supposed to get eighth or ninth in the big 12 so just to see a team come, come together and that coach is just he's great everybody loves playing for him you can see he's just i don't know it was really special to see that team do that and you know they only have one national championship so it'd be nice to get a second but i mean hey if they're competing every year for national championship you'd take that big thanks to southpaw danny coulomb for joining us on the pregame show and a big thanks to you for making the rally part of your day. We've got first pitch coming up tonight in Syracuse at 6.35. Pre-game coverage at 6.05 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Giardino. G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. That does it for us today. And we will talk to you later tonight.